Welcome to Unpacking Ideas, the podcast where each episode I invite on a new guest to help me unpack the ideas in an influential piece of writing. Today we're looking at On Bullshit by Harry G. Frankfurt. Frankfurt is an analytic philosopher, a writer, and professor of philosophy at Princeton University. This essay was originally published in the Raritan Quarterly Review Journal in 1986, and then was later turned into a best-selling book in 2005. Today, helping me unpack this essay was Max Robinson. We drilled into Frankfurt's ideas on what bullshit is, how bullshit differs from lying, why the consequences for the liar are worse than the consequences for the bullshitter, what function bullshit serves in society, whether there is more bullshit today than in previous generations, And then finally, towards the end of the conversation, we went through a list of common colloquialisms like shooting the shit, shit talking, talking out your ass, and we explored how their meaning differs and is the same as Frankfurt's definition of bullshit. Uh, It should go without saying, uh, this episode contains a lot of foul language, so if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, maybe give this one a pass. We say bullshit uh, 117 times over the course of this conversation. Uh, But this conversation was a really fun one. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I think it's going to help give you a clearer picture of what bullshit is. Um, It definitely had that effect for me. So grab a seat, get comfortable, and enjoy my conversation with Max on bullshit. What's the name of this podcast again? (laughs) Unpacking Ideas. Hello, and welcome back to Unpacking Ideas. <laughs> I'm your host, Max Robinson. Today, we have with us Zachary. Zachary, how are you doing today? I'm great, Max. Thank you for having me on. Now, if I recall correctly, you came on because you had some very interesting opinions about the Irish you'd like to share with us today. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a, a scholar. It's just, um, you know, I, I study uh, Irish sociology, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I've, I've come to, I'm not very good at bullshitting. I mean, this is So that brings us to bad. our topic today. That does bring us to our topic today. Uh, if you would like to give yeah. an introduction to the topic today. All right. So this so is actually, I'm actually your podcast. I actually am the host. And some people might have been fooled because we have a very similar voice, very similar tam- timbre. Yeah. And uh, but I I'm actually Zach. You're, you're Max. Three years of acting. I introduced you as Zach. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I have, I have uh, three years of acting training. Ah, I took improv, um, and a lot of the things you learn in improv and acting is uh, to like find the game. Mm-hmm. You know, yes and you have you know sort of roll with it. You know, some whatever, whatever you know gets thrown your way. You know, if you're if you're on a show and someone you're an improv show and someone's like, oh, and like I've got a you know basket of apples, and you're like, no, you don't. Yeah, right. Like, you fuck it. you. Like, <laughs> no. Like, that's, then the game's over. The game's right? over, right. You have to say yes, like, and yes. Like, I'm going to take an apple, right? That's yes. the foundation of... Mom. Yeah. That, right. That's, that's like, perfect, them, right? Now you have, a, now you have something to give them. A relationship. That's really the this. foundation of improv, and I think that's also the foundation of, of bullshit, mm. right? Is, is you have this sort of core principle of uh, deceptive... 
sort of truth telling yeah a sort of deceptive narrative right and and part of the bullshit isn't just that you will say something that is is sort of bridging that like truth in that fiction mm. is that you're able to then say oh yes and you know we're going to you know spin this in a different way right if you if you look at uh, a lot of you know political talking heads they mm. all agree with each other they're all sort of like bouncing off each other there's yeah. a lot of yes and there um, and there's a lot of understanding that like you can't drop the ball you have mm. to play the game um, you know, especially when you look at the way the news cycle flows, right? You have, you know, the sort of, the, you know, the shit rolls downhill. You have these sort of like, you know, the, the news breaks and it's interpreted in some way. Yeah. And someone will take that interpretation of it and like, you know, put a little stank on it, if you will. They'll riff on it a little bit. And it's an artist. There's an artistry. There's an art it. form to it, right? Yeah. And it's a rhetor- can- it's a rhetorical art form. And he right? talks about the bullshit artist mm-hmm. as being like, you know, it's there, it's a different kind of art than the art of lying. He was, I think he says something like the the art of lying is more analytical. Yeah. Bullshitting's more of this like creative. Uh, yeah, and like an, an improv. Or I was even thinking like, um, you're using like uh, politicians are a yeah. lot of times great bullshit yeah, artists, yeah. or or like salesmen. I just watched the movie uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Oh, I haven't which, seen that in forever. Oh, it's so good. I just rewatched it. That's ABC. It. It's all, always, be always be closing. closing yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a scene where uh, one of the prospects comes in to like get his money back. And like as he's coming in, Al Pacino says to Jack Lemmon's character, like, all right, like here's the, here's the scene. Like you're one, you're, you just bought mm-hmm. land from me and like we're closing a deal and like you're this high profile guy. So they're just like, they just create this they're whole world and they're great at it. They just like yeah. fall into these characters basically to manipulate this guy to get out of giving him his money back. But um, yeah, it's a real talent. Uh, have we done a proper introduction? We haven't. So we're reading uh, Harry Frankfurt's of bullshit or on bullshit on bullshit. 2005, right? So yeah, it was actually a first essay in uh, 86 in the, just like tiny little journal, the Raritan Quarterly Review Journal, and then I guess it just they just kind of rediscovered it. Princeton University Press made it into a book in t- 2005, and it became a New York Times bestseller. And it should be. So well, it was a hit. Read. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's an analytical philosopher. Does a lot of stuff about philosophy of mind and. Mm-hmm. I kind of wondered how many people kind of knew what they're getting into with this book because it, it does kind of stand out in the philosophy section at like a Barnes and Noble. You know, you're looking at all these kind of like discourse on rationality, and then you right. see like on bullshit. And, I, but it's very, very serious book. Like he's he's not joking here. He's like really no, it's, seriously it's, it's, trying it's to. It's a foundational tackle. text of modern philosophy. Yeah, um, I read it in my like philosophy 100 class mm. in in college. Oh, cool. Because it was so integral to understanding just what the fuck is going on anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, if you if you really, you know, study the rhetoric, if you really study, you know, the, the, the linguistic tricks, if you really look at the modern 
sort of like philosophical landscape mm. like you will need to understand what bullshit is because it's yeah. all there it's ever it's permeated every aspect of modern life mm. modern culture um you know the birds do it the bees do it <laughs> the educated fleas do it they're Bulls all it. fucking bullshitting you yeah um you specifically the listener <laughs> well so that kind of lends well into the beginning of this book yeah. which he starts right on page one here says one of the most salient features of our culture is that there is so much bullshit everyone knows this each of us contributes his share but we tend to take the situation for granted and then he says later on page one we have no clear understanding of what bullshit is why there's so much of it and what function it serves so he's kind of pointing to an interesting thing that you kind of alluded to which is like we all use this word bullshit we all kind of implicitly acknowledge that there's a lot of bullshit yeah. around us but nobody has done what frankfurt so bravely did and like actually tried to define what is this thing we're all calling bullshit and like you know what are its uh, sufficient necessary conditions right. and like how can we distinguish it from lying and all the rest maybe we can start with lying because he talks a lot about lying right okay. and uh, that might be a good jumping off point. We can kind of define what he says lying is, look at different kinds of lies, and then we can, you know, contrast it with bullshitting. Right. So uh, this is was page... Um, actually, don't have the page number, sorry. <laughs> but he says, uh, quote, In some accounts of lying, there is no lie unless a false statement is made. In others, a person may be lying even if the statement he makes is true as long as he himself believes that the statement is false and intends by making it to deceive. Yeah. So I think this... It's all very couched in, in deception in, in, in the logic of it. Yeah. Right? The, the lie is to not tell the truth. Right. right. So, like, the example I thought of is if I think that i have five dollars in my pocket this is from the book because he says he has twenty dollars in his pocket yeah sure okay. so if i okay we'll use twenty dollars if i so, think that i have twenty dollars yeah. if i think i have twenty dollars and you ask me how many how much money do i have in my pocket and i say ten and it actually turns out i do have ten but i thought i had twenty there's some people who say well that's not a lie because you actually did have what you say but there's other people who say well it's the the right. fact that you you know he's just a bad liar right <laughs> yeah exactly it's the, the fact that you thought that you were deceiving it doesn't actually matter that you're you right. actually by accident turned out to be right 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 so it's more about yeah your intention to deceive and he also makes the point that like you have to then that means to lie you have to at least believe that you know the truth or be concerned with what is true because you're basically saying the opposite of what is true. Mm -hmm. um, and I was also reading um, Montaigne, Michel de Montaigne, the philosopher, uh, his thing on lying, and he has a similar definition. He says, quote, uh, telling a lie means saying something false, but which we have taken for true. Lying as defined in Latin implies going against our conscience and thus implies only to those who say what is contrary to what they know. Right. Um, I, I think that's good as sort of like a way of spinning off into 
these sort of broader categories, especially when you get into um, defining bullshit, you know, like, <clears throat> the classic example is, I didn't do the reading, but I'm still just going to, like, make shit up, mm. right? Where, like, you don't know what's true, yeah. or, like, what's false, but, like, oh, well, I thought he had a really good uh, interpretation of uh, Humbug. If you actually go on page uh, 25 here where he says... Uh, now who knows exactly what really happened you really sort of get a sense of like well you know the difference between lying where he knows the truth and bullshitting is is the sense that no one knows really what's going on behind the scenes right like not even the person with that statement right and that's bullshit that, yeah. that was right you know like i didn't do the reading i'm just kind of you know making to a making page. shit up right, right right and it could be true it could not be true but, but it's, it doesn't it matter. doesn't really matter right right um you know, and that's the, the narrative aspect of it I was going back to, where the, the narrative of it is, like, my narrative to you is, is that I did the reading. <laughs> mm. um, and now I am trying to convey that message. Yeah. Right? Maybe I read half of it. I, I mm. know a little bit. Or, you know, maybe I, um, you know, read the, the spark notes or, you know, got a got a friend who walked me through a couple couple chapters of it yeah. right you know like the the truth of the matter and 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 the falsehood of the matter is is or not really true but, but like it'd be impossible to lie in that situation unless you ask me did you the reading right right if i say yes that's a lie but they're but like what, what would you think of the reading well like i i thought he had a really good understanding of mm. rhetoric which is kind of like right. a politician's dodge because if, like, right. you know, if you are asked... and it, actually, You never get a politician to say yes or no. Exactly. Right? The, because then yeah. then you are... Then you can be accused of lying. Mm -hmm. Where if you're dodging the question by maybe answering a different question... There was a great great example of this. I recently watched the um, Ted Bundy docu documentary. And this journalist, he's in jail... Who framed Ted Bundy? <laughs> so, not that one. <laughs> the mainstream one. Yeah. So the, uh... <laughs> the, one, the one the government would like you to watch. Yeah. So there was a... He's like in... He's in prison and the journalist says to him... To uh, do it, Ted? Yeah. yeah. Like, point blank, are you guilty? And he answers... I actually want to pull this up because it's so so great. He says, uh, he laughs and says, guilty? What, does that include the time I stole a comic book when I was five years old? No man is truly innocent. We've all transgressed in some way in our lives. Right. You didn't. You did, you, you answered the question, but the question was, did you... Kill these, you know... 20 women. 20 women. That was Ted Bundy, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, like... I mean, and part of that is, I guess, on the journalist for not being like, kill those women. Ted, yeah, right. Tedrick. Just saying, are right. you guilty? He was able to then right. bullshit his way out of it. Um, no, I think that's a really good example of like how, I think if you, if you ever study law, one of the things they tell you to do is like, you know, you have to be very deliberate about what you say. Mm. Like lawyers or like fairies, right? Like you can't say like, are you guilty? You have to be like, did you kill right. 27 women? Ted Bundy yes or no or or just say like did you have you ever knowingly murdered a woman right Ted Bundy right you cannot give them right this the space between words is how they get out of it right you have to sure. construct your sentences with very little space between the words because then they can't escape right right 
And sometimes, sometimes you can. So like we were saying earlier, the, the example he uses is like when somebody asks how much money is in your pocket. And this is like super close to home for me because I've been selling uh, comedy tickets in Times Square and I have other sellers who mm-hmm. ask me that question all the time. Like mm-hmm. how much did you make tonight? Mm-hmm. And I've actually like answered fairly honestly in the past and gotten like people getting super territorial and like aggressive as a result of that so now when i'm asked that question i'm put in an awkward situation where i don't want to tell the truth because i don't want these guys to get like resentful and like territorial because i've been threatened uh for for telling the truth so i was actually having a conversation with a friend like what what is the response like i don't want to say i don't want to lie outright and say ask me that question okay how much money is in how, how much did you make tonight fuck i wish i made more yeah so that's that's a great non-answer yeah and my friend i thought she had a brilliant answer she said to say something vague like oh it's been a slow night which kind of in implies or or, you know alludes to an answer without actually answering it yeah um but it's you 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 just lie lie. (laughs) you don't have to do this just make shit up did you kill sure, those men, Ted Bundy? Sure. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am an, an innocent man. Right. But, I mean, I think that's a big part of this piece is him saying, like, this is the big difference between lying yeah. and bullshitting. Yeah. Is bullshitting is not even, it's not even concerned with the truth. The bullshitter almost just doesn't even care if what the, what right. they're saying is true or not, whereas uh, the liar um inexplicably is concerned with truth value which i think is why there's so much bullshitting mm. is because like what like why what is the point in lying nowadays right like what mm. is if you like if you're in a situation where like you need to convey something that is just categorically incorrect yeah and you know it's false mm like you're really going to be doing yourself a disservice if you just lie about it. Well, everyone will immediately figure it out. And and something that Frankfurt mentions is that the consequences are more severe for the liar than the bullshitter. Yeah. Uh, he says on page 50, quote, the consequences of being caught are generally less severe for the bullshitter than the liar. People do tend to be more tolerant of bullshit than of lies, perhaps because we are less inclined to take the former as a personal affront. Yeah. If you want a great legal trick, you always begin every sentence with, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Or allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, I yeah. killed those Someone people. caught me doing that. I was like, To the best of your knowledge. Yeah, I, I opened a sentence with, to the best of my knowledge. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking Cause about? Because it's an out. You can always... Right. Uh, well, if it's not true, like, like this is the, this the is what I know. Knowledge. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think I was being deceptive with them. I think I was just trying to like be like, well, you, like I don't really know what's going on, but like to the best of my knowledge, right? It was, like how much, you know, how many tickets do you sell? Oh, to the best mm. of my knowledge, I sold like fifty tickets. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. D- did you? Like, I, well, this is what I mean, right? I was thinking on this point too. There's almost then a motivation for people to not learn the truth because if you know the truth and you want to convey the opposite, then you are forced to lie. Whereas if you like keep yourself blind to the truth mm-hmm. then you can just be bullshitting so like yeah even to use the i don't know like the comedy example so when i'm selling tickets i always find out the morning of who's going to be there uh from the club and i print it out you know like these are the people mm-hmm. just because like i feel better about like 
I'm going to tell you who you're actually going to see. There's a lot of people who they just like pitch from just this like laminated thing that's the same every day and they're just kind of pointing at like, oh yeah, like fucking Marina Franklin's going to be there or like this person's going to be there, which is like, it's just, it's bullshit. She actually might be there, but it's like if they actually knew who the comedians were and they sucked, then they would have to lie in order to Mm -hmm. say Marina Franklin's going to be there when they actually know who's going to be there. Where where do you work? Where do you, where's your territory? Times Square. So, like, do you get a lot of people who just don't know who these comedians are? Oh, for sure. What do you say when, when they ask you about that? Well, you mean you show, like, their credentials. I mean, it's a big selling the credentials? point. credentials? Like, late night shows they've been on. Oh, oh. Do you just have those on hand? Yeah, I mean, it's part of what I get from my my club and the boss it's yeah. like here's the comedian here are the things and and you know i like print up a little bio of who who they are and whatnot but i don't know i think it's an interesting point is like yeah because the consequences are less severe it's like not only do you have no motivation to learn the truth but you actually like uh there's an incentive to not learn the truth in some cases or i feel like with that example that's a bad example um, because if, 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 you know, it's like, oh, who's playing well, it could be, it could be, you know, this person, this person, this person, like, like, who's a, who's a comedian you'd like? Just give me a name. Um, Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Um, right. I, I can say like, oh, like it could be Bill Burr. Like Bill Burr could be there tonight. But like, could I be feel there. like a savvy bullshit artist would say like, well, who's there? Well, we've had great comedians. We've had Bill Burr come through. We've had... It's again like you know, answering like, a right. different question. That's, that's who, not the question. has been there. Right. Right. Um, and that's that's what I mean where it's like it's the more abstract you get, the harder it is for you to get pinned down as just fucking lying. Mm. Right? Like if, if you asked me who is playing tonight and I said, oh, Bill Burr is there and Bill Burr's not there. And you knew he's not going to be there. And I knew he wasn't going to be there. It'd be a lie. It'd be a lie. Right. Um, but if I say, like, oh, you know, great comedians, we had Bill Burr come through, we had um, Billy Wayne Davis come through, we had, you know, it doesn't matter that it was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Billy Wayne Davis. There's a there's a stand up there's a there's a comedy club actually near here that has um, uh, Larry David's thing, mm. like Larry David's portrait out front. Yeah. Um, and and every there's a comedian there. Who is just like I can't believe they still have Larry David's portrait out here. Larry David hasn't stepped foot in this building in thirty damn years. Right, right. right. It like, just becomes the. It's just become like so integral to that. Which is that it's bullshit. Space, right? That's part of the bullshit. Right. But like you know, like if I go to to you know Joe's Pizza, mm. what's that place on Fourteenth yeah. Street? You know that mm-hmm. place, uh, the pizza place from Spider Man. Joe, I think it's Joe's. Joe's or Ray's or whatever. If I go down to Joe's Pizza and I'm just like, you know, why do you have a picture of like, you know, Andrew Garfield getting pizza here? That was 10 years ago. Like, I want to look like an asshole, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like Andrew Garfield got pizza here like five years ago, like on the set of, you know, the Spider-Man press tour. Like, sure, but like no one cares. Like, that that could be bullshit, Mm. but like no one's going to give a shit about that. Nobody's going to, yeah like call call you on it right that's like every every i've been to a million diners where they've got a picture of like some celebrity on the wall yeah and like that photo was very clearly taken in the 80s right and i'm not i don't care like sure like have you know 
you know, Seth MacFarlane got lunch here <laughs> in 2008. Like, I don't yeah. care. Fuck, you know, whatever. You know, you, you, you do you. Right. Um, right. That's not, that's bullshit, but like, it's not, it's not malicious. Totally. Right. Yeah. And it's not an outright lie either. Um, he also talks about bluffing a little bit. He says bullshitting is closer to a bluff than a lie. Yeah. And the thing, he, he talks about bullshitting as being something, um, somewhat as a verb. Or, or to call bullshit. Like, one can call bullshit and the same thing that you can call somebody on a lie. Yeah. And that, like, if, I don't know, you say, uh, I don't know, I've got 50 bucks in my wallet. Like, I call bullshit. Like, I say yeah, you don't have anything. Um, so but that could be a lie because, like, you don't know, you know, you know you don't have $50 in your wallet. Unless, unless you do not know what's in your wallet and you're just like... Uh, like, hey, can we go to a club? Like, yeah, man, I probably got, like, 50 bucks in my wallet or something. Mm. I'd be like, I call bullshit on that. Like, open your wallet, tell me how much we have right now. Yeah. Right? As opposed to, do you have any money in your wallet? Mm. Yes, I have $50, but you don't uh, right. really have anything. Right, you that's probably sort of wouldn't call bullshit. You would just... Right, well, I think I think, I think think that's important. I think bullshit, is, you know, must have a narrative. It must have a mm. storytelling component to it. Yeah. It's a rhetorical action. To bullshit is a rhetorical action... That revolves a level of storytelling um, that that you can then call bullshit. Right? Calling bullshit isn't to say the fact that you know the facts that you're presenting to me are, are inaccurate. Mm. It's to say the story that you're telling me is bullshit. Yeah. Right. This narrative you're framing is is horseshit. Is bullshit. Is humbug. Is whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's where you're going from lying to bullshitting. Right. And the, there's another interesting kind of nuance to this, which is bullshit. He talks about actual poop a decent amount here. And it's philosophy, folks. Yeah. It, in a very serious manner. But, it, you know, so bullshit isn't so much, it, it's not just saying an untruth. Mm-hmm. It's also, um, it's also, in some instances, like, not actually saying anything. It's kind of, like, void of substance. Yeah. And he talks about hot air. And so pe- people use the expression, like, hot air. He's full of hot air. It's maybe not used so much anymore. This is maybe, like, a... Well, a, uh, you know why they call Chicago the Windy City? Why? Why do you think they do? The people there are full of hot air. Yeah. It has oh. nothing to do with the actual wind. Okay. It's all the politicians... They're just bullshitters. ...making wind. Did you just bullshit that, or is that I, an actual thing? Look it up. Okay. Look it up right now. I, 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 I this is an audio, this is a visual medium. This is an audio medium. Look it up right now. All right. We'll we'll pause the tape. I no, don't pause the tape. Do it live my, on air. My uh, thing is. Oh, you're showing me there. Yeah, I'm showing you. Cool. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so I don't want you to think I was bullshitting <laughs> you. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah. So hot air is speech that is removed of all informative con- content. And let me just read his uh, him on this. This is page. 43 of the version I have. He says, quote, when we characterize and talk as hot air, we mean that what comes out of the speaker's mouth is only that. It is mere vapor. His speech is empty without substance or content. There are similarities between hot air and excrement, incidentally, which make hot air seem an especially suitable equivalent for bullshit. Just as hot air is speech that has been emptied of all informative content, so excrement is matter from which every nutritive nutritive has been removed. So yeah, so when we think of like what is poop, it's food minus yeah. all of the nutrition, all of the substance, and like 
this just made me think of so much, especially a lot of, not to like pick on books that like newer books, but I feel like a lot of newer books just contain a lot of bullshit, a lot of hot air. Probably part of that is like publishers want every book to be like 250 pages so that they can sell it. Mm -hmm. Like, so even if a book only needs to be 30 pages to convey the idea, like the publisher will come back to them like this needs to be longer. So then they'll just fill it with bullshit, just like, you know, a bunch of filler essentially in order to fluff, 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 hot air, bullshit. Um, So that's another, I think, component of it and why maybe we use the word bullshit is that like, at least according to Frankfurt. That's a good theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it has, I think it's got a good sort of ring to it. Yeah. I think fun word to say. Yeah. I don't think people are calling anything humbug anymore. It's not as satisfying. Yeah. Bullshit is very, it's got the buh. Cut your shit, man. It's it's just, or just like the crock shit. Yeah. Horse shit. Horse shit's a fun one. Yeah. Um, jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the other thing he says about shit, which is his, he says, um, he talks about the act of shitting is like, I'll just read him here. Um, quote, it does seem fitting to construe carelessly made shoddy goods as in some way analogous of bullshit. And he says, I'm going to push back on that. Well, let me just think... finish the, yeah, finish the your, thing. Finish it. Yeah. I'm push back this is, is the, is the bullshitter by his very nature, a mindless slob is his product necessarily messy or unfi- unrefined. The word shit does to be sure su- suggest this excrement is not designed or crafted at all. It is merely emitted or dumped. It may have a more or less coherent shape or it may not, but it is any case, certainly not rot. I say. think that's an insult to bullshitters everywhere who hone their craft <laughs> that they are they are they can be artists they yeah. be a bullshit artist yeah right they can be a professional bullshitter you're right he is kind of saying the opposite of what he said earlier about the bullshit artist right um um i think that you can have a bullshit artist who crafts a, a, a well-written coherent narrative mm. with compelling characters and a and a, and a desirable worldview and who cares if it's bullshit but what about somebody who's like talking out of their ass and there's just like that drivel yeah. coming out? Yeah, it's just like nonsense. It's yeah, just, that's bullshit. That's it, bullshit. That's bullshit. It's like, it's not, yeah, it's, it does have a kind of. But in, to say it's all shit, it's like, well. Yeah. Some, some, of, the good, some of the good stuff. Yeah. You can find a diamond in the rough there. <laughs> yes. You pay a piece of whole corn. We can't lump all bullshit together into one um, one thing. So maybe some of it's drivel, some of it's, um, mm-hmm. some of it's rot and crafted. Mm-hmm. Um well, so maybe we can move on to talking about the other questions. So I thought it was funny because he, he asked these three questions up front. You know, what is bullshit? Why is there so much bullshit? And what function does bullshit serve? Mm-hmm. But 99% of this essay is just like, what is bullshit? And then the last three pages, he's like, oh, by the way, like, let's explore yeah. the implications. I think but I he- think why is there so much bullshit and the function that bullshit serves are very intertwined. I think mm. it's because... I even lumped them in my notes as the same. They're, yeah. they're they're very similar, and it's like, well, why is there so much bullshit? Well, it's because, you know, the nature of narrative and information has changed to the point where you have to be crafting these narratives. You have to be deceptive. Mm. Um, and why is that so? Well, 
because the way we consume information has changed, right? It's entirely cyclical. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, going back to the pizza place example, like, it's so easy to just look at that and say, like, well, like, well, what's the point? But, like, there's something very comforting about going and seeing a bunch of random celebrity pictures in a restaurant because they're like, well, okay, like... This place is legit. This is a real restaurant, right? Like, yeah. people people eat here, right? I'm eating here now. Like, yeah. clearly these guys have eaten here, right? Who cares it if... It adds to the actual experience right. of the pizza. Right. Um, you know, there's, like, every, every comedy club that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld did a tour in. Like, they all... Have his picture. They got his picture up there. Yeah. Who cares if Jerry's done like two sets there like you know 1974 you know it doesn't matter like that's just part of the part of the story Mm -hmm. and if i went to a comedy club and like no one's picture was on the wall be like the fuck is going on like this place just open like who are these people (laughs) right right um you know that's just that's and that's just that's just how we consume information now well and this was written in the 80s i mean before the internet Mm -hmm. so i think that's fascinating too is he kind of uh frankfurt would be absolutely shook to his core if we dragged him out he i think he's still alive he's still alive he's he's an old he's old old timer but he's still kicking yeah so he's he's probably like maybe that's why this blew up in 2005 yeah you know is because the internet had kind of already gotten its legs that would have been the, and, i mean the golden age of the internet would have and, been like right yeah around right the around there at the yeah. boom so you have that happening and then but he kind of he doesn't obviously talk about the internet uh because it's written before then but he does say uh this is page 62 on this question of why is there so much bullshit today um he kind of asked the question he says quote why is there so much bullshit of course it is impossible to be sure that there is relatively more of it nowadays than in other times and he says, there is more communication of all kinds in our time than ever before, but the propagation that is bullshit may not have increased. So he's saying, like, it could just be that for all time there has been this same level of bullshit, but now that we all have uh, access know, to it, well, access to we it or, it like, more. social media accounts or, or whatever, like, we're able to just become more aware which makes me think, uh, you know, similar argument I've heard about things like, um, you know, like sexual harassment, which is like the argument's basically like it's not that there's more sexual harassment happening now than in previous generations. Right. It's just that now there's we're hearing cameras. about it. There's right. more cameras, yeah. And there's like more um, more of the public that actually right. uh, wants to I hear mean, about it. I mean, I, yeah. you know, you look at bullshit, like what is old-timey bullshit? Like there's been old-timey propaganda well, forever like, go back to plato and like the the right the sophists right like they were all about the bullshit i don't know i have no idea what that yeah. is. you have to fill me in okay on that. yeah fill me in on that so like sophistry was a school of philosophy who were basically like uh basically like only concerned with winning an argument and basically saying whatever they needed to say in order to win the argument whereas mm-hmm. You know, Plato and Socrates were all gung-ho about, like, truth and, like, very anti-sophists. So the the sophists were, in a sense, like, very similar to, like, the modern-day defense attorney or somebody who's just, like, they don't really care what is true. They're saying whatever they need to say in order to win their case. Right. That is bullshit. That's a lot. <laughs> but that, yeah, but, like, that's old, yeah. old-timey ancient bullshit. Ancient right? bullshit, yeah. Right? People have been fucking lying, you know, for as long as bullshit, there's been yeah. language. Right. So I, I tend to kind of think that 
I kind of personally buy that more that like it's not so much that there's more bullshit today it's just that we're seeing more of it yeah and it's able you're to, you know you yeah. wouldn't if you were living in ancient Greece I don't think you'd have any interaction with like the sophists unless you were like hanging out at the academy or like knew Socrates personally but Not like slave yeah right but like now it's just like oh like I have this magical box and every time I turn it on I can mm. watch civilization collapsing in real time yeah uh and everyone's just fucking bullshitting on it because <laughs> it's an attention economy and you just got to get everyone to look at you yeah so yeah i can imagine like now we're just so inundated with it it's like with the printing press like everyone mm. suddenly wrote you know the the printing press had after the printing press there was this boom of all these just weird like you know like cult and spirituality and like all these you know wild wild ideas percolating mm -hmm. and it was just because like well like now, if you wanted to convey information to a million people, like you didn't have to write a million books out, you could just you didn't have to go through a publisher, right? You, you could just get a printing yeah. press, just Start write whatever own. crazy yeah. shit you wanted, and then just you know hand deliver it to a bunch of people the next town over, and they'll yeah. be like, oh, well, I guess you know there is a secret civilization buried <laughs> under the earth that you know has this magic technology. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Right. right. Yeah. There's, there's also, so it's, he doesn't really take a hard stance on this. Like I said, it's only a couple pages at the end because he kind of says, okay, well, maybe there isn't more bullshit now. But then he kind of says, well, actually, maybe there is. Maybe the reason that there is is because uh, citizens in a d democracy believe it's their duty to basically have an opinion about everything. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was an interesting argument. I'll just read what he says about this. This is page 63. It says, bold shit is unavoidable whenever circumstances require someone to talk without knowing what he is talking about. Thus, the production of bullshit is stimulated whenever a person's obligations or opportunities to speak about some topic exceed his knowledge of the facts that are yeah. relevant to the topic. Um, this is going back to what we were talking about with the, did you do the reading, is the, the <laughs> er bullshitting. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and, and this is, I don't know why it is, like, I hate this so much. I think this is such a toxic aspect of our culture, but I think that like people are so terrified to look into a camera and just be like, I don't know. What the I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. Yeah. Right. Like people to, don't do that anymore. Or to not have an opinion about something. Like yeah. if somebody's like, what is your opinion about gun control? What is your opinion about recycling? Like there are certain things where I just like don't like, yeah. recycling like i don't have an opinion i have an opinion on recycling Why don't you i just opinion? i don't know enough i know and for me it's like it's i don't good. have an i don't know enough to have a, a, a informed opinion right or someone will pull that wild card on you or it's like oh I'm, I'm i like recycling they're like well did you know that like only like a third of anything <laughs> that you recycle like actually right. gets recycled it's right. like, well fuck now i gotta reestablish my thoughts exactly right. you have to i'm like i haven't you know it's just not been on the top of my to-do list but the democracy the democracy point's interesting because it is like at least you know, we're supposed to feel like, okay, we have this civic duty to, like, know about these issues that we're voting on, and, but there's just so many issues, and it's like, okay, obviously, we can't all be climate scientists, we can't all be, um, you know, right. like, like, uh, we were talking about this during dinner, like, legal, legal scholars, like, so, in a sense, like, we can't really have an informed opinion about everything, but we kind of are in a position where we need to or at least 
a lot of us feel we need to. Right. And also it's a culture that is very quick to punish you if you say like if you say you don't know, but also it's very quick to punish you if you're like oh, like I need to do my research on this. Mm. Like admitting weakness in that way, right? <laughs> it's a culture that's very quick to punish you if you're like on a debate yeah. And, like, you hear your other guy's argument, and you're like, oh, fuck, man. Like, that's actually pretty good. Like, I'm going to say what he said, right? Like, like, like yeah. Like, if, well, there's the, yeah, you're either for us against you have to, us. You have, to, kinda... you have to be for it or against it. And if, like, you live in a, in a society that punishes you for being wrong, punishes you for not knowing, and it punishes you mm. for changing your mind, well, then the only out you have is to either sure. be right or to just make it up, just bullshit. Be like, mm. whoa, you know, I... I believe very strongly in, you know, X, Y, and Z. Sure. And stuff. Um, you know, and that there's be... such a rapid turnaround. Right, like, I, right. I feel like, I mean, this is maybe super, but I remember even after the, the George Floyd thing, I remember like 24 hours after seeing posts that of like, if you're not actively protesting, that means you, like you're basically your non-response right. is a sign of your complacency and in the opposite direction. Where I think a lot of people... We're in the position, at least me personally, I mean, obviously now learning more about it, you know, you're able to form an opinion, but it was just like, shit, I don't even know what happened. Like, right. I, I can't form like a, a um, you know, an a informative, cogent thought, cogent thought yeah. on this thing that like, I know nothing about, but it can be taken as like your, um, your silence is a sign of right. your position. And I think, well, that's the difference between the lines. If, if you knew what happened and you mm. were silent on it, you are lying. You are you are taking that position. Right. If you have no fucking clue what's going on, right. and you're just like, I, I need to figure out what the hell is happening. <laughs> right. Right. You're a little disoriented. You know, and that was, you know, I, I knew a lot of people who, who are, are very disoriented by the news now. Right. You know, they, they find it very difficult to keep up with it. And so they, they have to be very sort of selective about like what they're, what sure. they're you know, reading. Um, I think it's, you know, you look at uh, the, 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 the modern news cycle is just this absolute, you know, soul crushing nightmare. <laughs> and it's, and, and, you know, you know, why is there so much bullshit? Well, cause you know, the the marketeers have found out that the thing that causes you to share things more mm. is is anger, and now they're just like scrounging around, yeah. looking for all the shit that'll make you angry, for all the weird like social media posting, yeah, you know, you know, Twitter algorithm nightmare scenario, mm. right? Like, you know, it's all it's all so disorienting, or or even just like different clickbaity titles like i was i was responsible the other day for spreading some bullshit unintentionally yeah. like i woke up and my yahoo news thing said keyboardist for fleetwood mac dies at 72 or whatever so i like didn't read the article i just like you know you read the headline i read the headline i started playing some like fleetwood mac to like working out what to the fuck yeah <laughs> well and in celebration i'm a big i'm a big fleetwood mac sure fan. and so and then i saw my roommate and i was like hey man did you hear that christine mcvee died today and this is the keyboardist for fleetwood yeah. mac and i'm guessing just, i'm guessing someone else ended up dying yes okay. yeah you good, all right good all right, instinct. all right all right all right yeah so 
Where's the punchline? The punchline is I just jumped to the conclusion and I was carrying around this false belief, like in good faith. Yeah. But I just didn't read the fucking thing. And it turned out to be like the touring keyboardist for Fleetwood Mac, who was actually, you know, not the original member of the band, but like that's the person who had died. And Christine McVie is alive and well. Yeah. But sitting there like, why is everyone asking me if I'm okay? Why am I getting all this? Why am I trending on Twitter? But. Yeah, so that's an example where if he didn't actually fact check that, I would be sitting here today thinking Christine McVie died just because, you know, it's less clickbaity to to see a headline or a headline that says touring keyboardist for Fleetwood Mac dies. That doesn't have the same rap to it. Yeah. Um. So maybe we can end by going through a pop, a few of these like pop phrases that you hear a lot in society sure. and talking about how they might. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump the gun. I want to say all of these are the result of people knowing that feeling of being bullshitted and just not having that (laughs) word available to them. Well, so one of them hit me talking out of your ass. Oh, really? I wonder where that came from. That's uh, I mean, right? That's bullshit, right? Like that's bullshitting. You're talking out of your ass, right? You're making shit up. Yeah. Without. Yeah, I that guess could be, that I could guess be more like lying. Maybe a, a nuance with this is bullshitting versus talking out of your ass is like there is a disregard for what you're saying versus a disregard for whether what you're saying is true or not. Yeah. So like, that could be good, yeah, talking out of your ass, you just like don't really even care about what you're saying. Whereas bullshit has like a, a like goal. A, yeah. There's, there's a goal there's, to there's bullshit. You just don't care if the bullshit is true you're still trying to you know sell the thing or you know whatever um sales pitch yeah yeah this was one that i thought was shit talking or trash talking that's sort of i think that could be interpreted as as bullshit with the intent to harm yeah and the webster's called this disparaging taunting or boastful comments um and but it is have does have a kind of like absurdity or like um disconcern with the truth and yeah. that like the example i thought of is just like somebody saying like oh man my grandma could beat you in a game of basketball and she ain't got no legs like <laughs> like that <laughs> that sure, why not but that has like that is obviously not what does that even factually mean? true right. but it, it it has a certain disregard of the truth of like okay mm-hmm. it's just meant to convey like you suck at basketball but right I that's might the not narrative even, my grandma might have two perfectly good legs <laughs> right there's a lie <laughs> be there. a pretty good yeah, uh, yeah. pretty good have a pretty good jump shot for all we know um how about smooth talking uh bullshit with the intent to seduce mm. Sexual in the way that all things are sexual. Yeah. Everything from a sales pitch to flirting with someone. Yeah. But I feel like when you when you smooth talk, you you are playing towards that like monkey brain primal portion of yourself of your conscious sure. that's just like driven entirely <laughs> by like sex and pleasure. Yeah. Right. Like I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, this yeah. vacuum cleaner will rock your world it will grow your hair it will unpoison your well and your wife will come back to you it's like fuck yeah, sign yes me up for yes it. you're you're speaking to that person's desires right right yeah i i think of smooth talking too of if like somebody getting caught cheating and like kind of smooth talking their way out of it yeah um 
jive talking, which is that. maybe I'm not touching that. Jive talking. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about jive. I mean, nobody really says that anymore, except the BGs. <laughs> um, he talks about a bowl session and like shooting the bowl. I never heard of a yeah, bowl session. The bowl you, session is just I, you never heard of shoot the shit. Shooting the shit, but I think shooting the shit's a little different. I think because a bowl session is like you're basically trying out positions and ideas with everybody knowing I've that never you heard don't this one before yeah so he this is he says quote participants try out various thoughts and attitudes in order to see how it feels or to hear themselves saying such things and in order to discover how others respond without it being assumed that they are committed to what they say so i I've, like i've done this before but never in a organized setting mm -hmm. i've like I've, I've definitely approached people and i was like Hey man, like, can I run something by you? And they'd be like, sure. And I'm like, what if I told you I was gonna like shave my head? And they'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, don't do that. Or like, yeah, like you should go for it. Um, but like, I've never had a thing where I like sat a focus group. Sorry, never had a thing where I sat a focus group down. I'm like, I'm gonna run through a couple of different haircuts with you, and like, you tell me what you think of it. Like, I've never done that before. Yeah, well, I I've heard it. Like, I have a friend who. Uh, I met at like a philosophy meetup, a mutual friend. We probably both know him. And he, he told me that sometimes if the group is like all a little bit too homogenous and like all kind of echoing each other, mm -hmm. he'll just like take the opposite stance just to kind of liven up the conversation and the debate. So it's like, he doesn't actually agree with the other thing necessarily, right. but just to kind of, um, spark just some, to rock the boat rocks and boat yeah to spark dialogue into because it's basically like trying out different ideas that you don't necessarily agree with yeah you're just that's trying so, so to good. You know, say like okay like, well what what what, what, what it's is, like debate club maybe even yeah it's, it's it's like the it's the it's the part of debate club that doesn't make me want to kill people in debate club where i'm just <laughs> like oh like your whole like because debate club is to bring it back just full of these sophists well, yeah because right. you flip a coin of like you see that like yeah you're right. okay heads now you have to uh, argue um in favor of the whatever. second it doesn't matter doesn't whatever matter, doesn't matter. yeah right but like as opposed to like okay like well like sit down like actually like work through the thought process of yeah. like that opinion and like really like you know take it apart and like sometimes it's good because that will allow you like if you feel very strongly in one way or the other and you're like, well, let me try, you know, to really get, you know, really sink my teeth into the other opinion. And you come out the other end of it realizing like, oh, these people are fucking crazy. Like, of course, my opinion is correct. Yeah. Right. That could be a really good exercise for you. And it's it's having it's it's forcing you to kind of like strongman a lot of the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you're arguing against something always. You're, you're not having to actually right. see the most charitable uh, argument of the right. other side. Um. Maybe one or two more of these, just real quick. So it's shooting the shit. I th I personally think shooting the shit isn't necessarily bullshit. I don't think there's any bullshit. It's in just that. it's just shallow conversations. Just maybe like like if I saw a friend, like I'm about to see a buddy who's in town who I haven't seen in a while, and we're probably gonna shoot the shit for a while. Yeah. In terms of just like how's your it's wife like doing? Yeah, it's bar. It's yeah. Like you wouldn't call like having a deep conversation about god shooting the shit you would have like oh how's your how's your right. mama doing like right. that that kind of stuff is this is like shit. like cocktail party banter but it's not necessarily like 
it's not bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit. It's not bullshit. I yeah. think I think that I think I think think shooting the shit is the less generous interpretation of what um, the people across the pond call banter. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think banter is a better descriptor of it because it has this implication of like a back and forth. Yep. Where it's yep. sort of like I say something, blah blah blah. How's your wife? And you're like, oh, she's good. She just started crocheting. I'm like, oh, I've started crocheting more. Mm-hmm. I've just crocheted this, you know, t-shirt. You know, we're just kind of bantering. Right. We're going back and forth. There's a back and forth. Um, as as and like the shooting the shit, you know, like is very American, very sort of crass mm. way of saying that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think there's any bullshit there, unless unless you're deliberate, unless you're trying to like you know smooth talk them or, or you know. Right. Right. I, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, just two more real quickly. Pretentious sure. bullshit. So he does make a, a distinction in that Academia. like not all bullshit is pretentious, but yeah. there is some bullshit that is pretentious. That is academia. That is academia and to a T. This to me also made me think of like when we're talking about shit as being like uh, food void of mm-hmm. nutrition and that like if you – you can, by using pretentious language and rhetoric, mm-hmm. basically disguise the fact that you're not actually saying anything. And sometimes, you know, it's like if the person were to have to, you know, write their argument in a very simple way or, like, right. you know, write as if they are Hemingway or something and just, like, only use two-syllable words max. For sale. You, you could, you Bullshit, could, never Right, won. you could see, like, oh, this person actually isn't, saying anything or they're the point they're making is very um like it's not as profound as they're right. making it but they're clouding it with all of these right these it's uh, words it's it's taking a you know taking bullshit and sort of presenting it in a way or, or not taking bullshit but like taking something that's like you know kind of kind of shit um and and putting that little you know pretentious sort of twist on it in order to hide in order to hide the yeah. fact that it's shit totally right and then this last one i love this expression uh blowing smoke up your ass i n- i never use that i've never i mean never i've heard, heard it. it i've heard it i've never used that term I, i've never said it but it's it kind of makes me giggle when i hear it don't piss There's... on my leg and tell me it's raining <laughs> i've never heard you've that never one. heard that one before no that is iconic what does that mean don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining like don't lie to me yeah don't bullshit me oh don't piss on my leg tell me it's raining that's a that's a great one yeah Yeah. that's very much that is bullshit that That is is, bullshit right that is exact bullshit right there (laughs) all right cool man okay it's been rad thanks thanks for listening to unpacking ideas If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend or scroll down and write us a review or give us a rating. I know that all takes a little bit of effort, but it really helps with the algorithm so that more people can discover the show. So thanks for doing that in advance. If you would like to get in touch with me, please visit unpackingideas.com. Or if you would like to see what's coming up on the podcast, uh, visit unpackingideas.com forward slash podcast. And there I post links to articles and essays and books that we'll be discussing on future podcast episodes. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next time.